salutations, loud talkers. I am the Renaissance man with Southern charm. This is Doriel Davis, and welcome, welcome, welcome to Say It Louder, the podcast, season two. Can you believe it? Season two, episode one. I am so excited to be back on this microphone. You have absolutely no idea. You know, it's just been a season of learning and a season of just going through a bunch of stuff and really, really reflecting on that stuff and, you know, just trying to get the the nuggets and the, the lessons, you know, out of all of those things, the good, the bad, the ugly, all and everything in between. But, you know, I do count it all joy in spite of all of that. I'm so thankful that you have tuned in as we navigate this space called life. And here we are. Um, so in spite of all of the good, bad, and downright ugly, as I mentioned, you know, we're here for a purpose and we're here for a reason. And it is, they are higher and more important than we know. So again, I'm ha- happy that you're here and welcome. I invite you to follow my IG pages uh, at, Dor- at the Doriel Soul and at Crescent Media Productions LLC, where you will find more content and get notifications about new episodes and more. You can also follow me on Twitter at Dr. F. D. Davis. That's D. R. F. D. Davis at on Twitter. No matter what platform you have used to tune in and enter this class, I thank you and I'm glad that you are here. And hey, if I want you to have some voice regarding the content that I cover. So what do you want to hear? Is there anything that you would like for me to discuss? Send me your thoughts. And I know you have the question. Well, Doria, how can I do that? Send me an email. Send an email to Crescent Media Productions LLC at gmail.com. So I look forward to hearing some of the ideas that you have, and I'll be sure to get to them. All right. So on today's episode, the inception episode of season two, I have a guest on the microphone today. She is someone I respect and someone who you know, often serves as a sounding board for me. She is an introverted, sassy ray of sunshine, uh, and she has on gold. So, you know, I think she kind of embodies that. Um, You know, she's like a force of nature. She's not the kind that destroys, but the kind that leaves you filled with awe. I remember that. Born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and proud of it, she came to Atlanta, Georgia for college and attended Georgia State University and received not one, but two bachelor's degrees. Come on, excellence. One in business administration with a concentration in managerial science and the other in interdisciplinary studies with a concentration in theater. She is currently a professional actress, voiceover artist, creator, and voice of the August Light Podcast, owner of the luxury candle company, the August Light Candle Company, and a part-time travel agent. She got her first taste of acting in a middle school production of Willy Wonka, The Chocolate Factory, and she also played 
Now you're gonna have to help me with this, Mrs. Beauregard. That's how I would say it. Mm-hmm. And she was an Oompa Loompa, and she says that there's a, there's a story behind this. Uh, since then, she's been a part of several independent productions and booked her first co-star role this year, along with some regional voiceover projects. Come on, come on. She is repped by the best agency in Southeast, Atlanta Models and Talent. Woo, 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 woo. <laughs> yeah, Atlanta Models and Talent, AMT, is definitely up there. And, you know, of course, one of my faves, Angela Davis, is a part of AMT, too. So, yeah. Uh, so, loud talkers, without, uh, you know, I can't keep, you know, with this introduction, I got to get her in here. Welcome to the mic. Asa Starlings. What's going on, Ace? Oh, nothing. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. This is my first podcast that I get to do where somebody is interviewing me. So it's a nice feeling. Oh, nice and feeling. I am the guy. Hey, hey, hey. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time. Yes, we always do. I mean, you know, we always crack a lacking and we always kicking it. And, you know, we speak about truth, you know. Facts. Facts. <laughs> so, you got to tell us about this Oompa Loompa story now. Come on. You said that there's more <laughs> to the story, so I want to hear about more to the story. What's more? Give it to us. So, um, originally, I'm just going to be honest. I was terrible at acting in junior high and sixth grade, right? So, I was only cast as an Oompa Loompa originally. Okay. However... We went through like months of rehearsal, getting ready, like everybody had been cast. And then the girl who was playing Mrs. Beauregard decided that she didn't want to do it. She had terrible stage fright. So they were looking for oh. somebody to replace her. And I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> but I still had to play the Oompa Loompa role because that's what I prepared for as well. So I went between playing the Oompa Loompa and the mom. So but as I remember Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, Oompa Loompa's Pretty much what oompa, oompa, doopity. I mean, what else? Did That's you all it was. For? Like we had to prepare all the songs. We had to prepare our attires, the, the dances, the dances, okay. all that. So okay. we had to prepare all that for oompa loompa, and then I would have to get off stage and then change to another character. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. It was madness for a junior high play. It was crazy. <laughs> Okay. But I loved it because it, it's what made me fall in love with acting. Like getting that taste of being on stage, I realized that I actually really loved it. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So your first time acting in that capacity was in middle school. Yep. So it's funny because a lot of my peak experiences with acting and with, you know, performing and singing or whatever, it was at school. It, if it wasn't in church, it was at school. And I think that's the first place that you get the exposure for mm -hmm. that kind of a uh, creative outlet yeah. is in school. Yeah. Like where else can you find a way to perform in productions unless it's church or school? Right. Um, and I think that's important to have for kids to be able to explore that option because otherwise you'll just end up exploring it when you get to college. True. So. True. Okay. All right. So we're about to get into it. Okay. Let's go. All right. And I think we've kind of touched base on this topic um, you know, just in our own talks, mm -hmm. you know, and being on the phone. But I felt like it was important to kind of bring this subject back um, because it's not going anywhere. It is definitely shifted, you know, acting um, in a very substantial way. 
uh, it has, you know, impacted, you know, comedy, comics, and, <laughs> and um, you know, just them being on stage and, you know, folks who are pro, folks who are anti. I'm talking about the whole situation with the Oscars with uh, Will Smith and Chris Rock, right? Now, time has passed, mm -hmm. and, you know, for a little bit, there was, it amped up. Folks were like, ah, oh, what happened? All over you place. know, he's, he's such an embarrassment, and he overshadowed, you know, uh, his award and Quest Love and da-da-da-da-da, you know, all of those things. And, you know, Chris really wasn't saying much. Chris Rock really wasn't saying much. Nope. And But see, the thing is, I figured, I said, okay, this is going to be a moment. This is going to be a moment, and he's going to take on this moment because he's going to... He's gonna make some moolah out of this. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna exploit it for he, sure. Yeah, I think both of them will be able to exploit it in a certain extent. It's gonna, it's gonna be some backlash for Will, but there's gonna be some ways for him to exploit but it. But there well. has been some backlash. Yes, there has been, and and so that brings me, you know, just and just like in recent weeks, maybe last week or so, mm -hmm. how Dave Chappelle, Kevin Hart. And Chris Rock brought a goat on stage. And named it Will. And named it Will Smith. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we're continuing with this thing now. So I'm going to ask you, whose side are you on? Who, like, when you, when you look at that situation, when you go back to the night of the Oscars and you're in front of your television and then you hear the joke, you see the eye roll, you see the laughter, but then you hear, uh-oh, and you see the walk and the cow, you know, and the walk off, and then the expletives after that. Mm -hmm. um, whose side were you on? Like, what were you thinking at that moment? So my answer is pretty long on this one. I'm not going to lie. Just brace yourself. Come on. <laughs> so for me, I'm split. Um, I think both individuals were wrong to some degree in this situation. Mm -hmm. I think comedians believe that there should be nothing that is off limits when they're doing jokes, but I believe there should be some limits to what is funny. Um, in You shouldn't be able to just attack someone's health. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be able to attack attack certain things in life like someone's sexuality mm -hmm. there has to be limits mm -hmm. um but when those limits are crossed i don't think someone should be attacked for it yeah i think black people need to do a better job of establishing what is acceptable for comedy because part of our culture is rooted in the childhood game of the dozens True, true. Truthfully, it's a cruel game because you're sitting there making jokes about someone's mother. So you learn early on how to make fun of someone. Right. That's and true. to a certain degree, these jokes can be bullying. And that adds to our trauma. Mm -hmm. So we may try to make light of things a lot of in the black culture just to kind of get through. But there has to be a limit. Like you are inflicting pain on the people. I think that Chris needs to apologize as well because when he, he should have done it at, in that moment. 
Because when you look at Jada's face, you see that she clearly did not find it funny. Right. He acknowledged that she didn't find it funny. You know, in that moment, it should have been like, oh, okay, bad joke, my bad, Jada. Especially since Chris was bullied as a kid as well. And he should have had some kind of empathy and been like, you know what, let me read the room. My bad, that was poor taste. He actually said, "That's a good, that was a good one. Right, he said that was a good one. Like he didn't understand how inappropriate was like, that what? was. That was a good one. Right. You so would, somebody in the audience had to have been like. It was a mixed, it was a mixed uh, response. At first people started to laugh, but then I think they caught wind of, of Jada's face. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, ooh, it was kind of like that pullback. And I think at that moment, instead of him continuing to egg it on, thinking it was funny, he's like, all right, you know, my bad, that was a bad joke. I'm sorry, Jada. And I think that could have squashed it. That was an opportunity to end it, but it didn't. Uh, and to me, in moments of conflict, everyone is at fault in some way. Everyone is at fault. And it takes a certain level of maturity to step back and understand how you played a part in something. Because if a crime, because if a crime is committed and you witness that crime, you could be subpoenaed to come and testify for that crime, right or wrong. Right. So we have to be aware of our cumulative actions that lead to something and stop playing a victim and saying like, oh, I don't know why they did that after we didn't poke the bear several times. Uh, Are you really surprised that the bear attacked you after you sat there and poked the bear? Yeah. Like, really? How much is someone supposed to take? And sources have said the Jada joke was not a part of the script. Right. So he went off the cuff. With the joke, we all know that Oscars have to approve certain jokes. And we know comedians can go off the, the rail. True. But I think Chris wanted to kind of get some shock and awe, so he threw that joke in there. Not but why her? That's the other part. People forget. Now, we don't know Chris and Will's relationship. We don't know the history. The public don't have access to that. Mm. But people forget that in the 2016 Oscar, the 20, the 2016 Oscars, Chris made jokes about the Smiths then. He did. That was when Jada was upset because Will didn't get nominated for the concussion movie. Right. And they were protesting Oscars, and then there were no black, no other black nominees during this Oscars. This is true. And Chris was the host, and I think he made some poor jokes then. I think he made some poor judgment in his opening comedy then. And to me, he was kind of pandering to the white audience. He was perpetuating uh, that it was okay to laugh at black people's struggle, struggles and all that stuff. I didn't think his opening was cooled in because I'm like, you sitting here saying a lot of black jokes to a room full of white folks mostly, and they sitting here laughing and thinking it's cool. Mm. Now, some people say that we we'll, think that Will and them should get over, Will and Jada should get over that was however many years ago. Yeah. Or sticks and stones, break my bones, words will never hurt me. That's crap. It is. To me, that's like some narcissistic shit. That's it some is. bullying it shit. Gives, it, yeah, it gives it, it gives off this impression that, okay, um, first off, like you can't have feelings. It's, it's weakness to have feelings. It's telling somebody that, how they should feel, how long they should take to heal from something. Mm-hmm. You cannot do that. Right. You cannot do that. Because you don't know a person's story. You don't. You don't know what they've gone through. I mean, and and this is, I, I bought uh, Will's book because I want to know more about mm-hmm. his life and some of the things that he went through as a child. And one thing that uh, I, I 
found out was that you know the whole situation with his with his dad was very abusive uh, mm-hmm. to his mom and him. I think exactly. And I'm sorry, but that does take an effect on a on a boy child. It does. It, it takes, does. It takes an effect. You know, to see as as a male to see your mother being hit by someone your father. and that someone also being your father and it's traumatic it is and i think he's done a lot of work to try to work through that mm-hmm. but it's still there right it still can be triggered it still can be triggered so you can be in therapy for your whole life your whole life your whole life but it takes just one thing to be said or to be done that would take you back to that place of trauma exactly now i will say i Will was wrong for slapping Chris. I can yeah. say that. Yeah. I don't believe anybody should get angry enough where they put their hands on someone. To me, that's a cardinal sin. Because if somebody was a, somebody else was on the other end of that slap from Will, mm-hmm. that could have been a full-on fight. It could have been, yeah. That could have been went real left. And I think Will knew that to a certain extent. But him witnessing that joke and witnessing how Jada felt, and probably it probably triggered something for him about how his mom felt. And being a, a protector. And being a protector and feeling like he couldn't protect his mom. Now let me try to protect Jada. Yeah. So his ego was a little bruised. Uh-huh. So he was like, you know what? I got to do something. But I also think he shouldn't have kept egging it on afterwards and like, don't talk about my wife. Don't talk about, don't keep my name, my, my wife's name out, my, out your mouth. Uh-huh. That, you look, you had already hit the man. Let that go at this point. Because you already crossed the line. You cross the line, but putting into the context with the 2016 Oscars and that being about what, uh, six years ago, uh-huh. who knows what else transpired between those six years. That's just the concept of poking a bear and that bear snapped on your ass. Oh man. So, you know, yeah, it's what it is. Like I said, Chris, uh, Will was wrong for snapping him, but his feelings were not, val- uh, were not invalid. Will's feelings cannot be invalidated in a situation. Yeah. Okay. Now, <laughs> I told you it was a long one. <laughs> but you know, but it was good. I mean, that was a that was an honest answer because the thing is, um, you have people who are saying that, oh, there was nothing wrong with what Chris said. He's a comedian, and you find that there are a lot of comedians who say it's comedy, and you know, I'm going off of my life. But see, at the end of the day, there's there could be somebody in the audience who could be triggered by something that you said, especially when comedians go after people in the audience. Yep. I know of a person who was targeted by a comedian and has shifted the way that they present themselves in life now. Say for instance, let me think of an example. Uh, because I in no way want to give this person's identity away, but mm-hmm. say um, this person's lips. The, 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 a feature of them. A, fe- a feature or something like mm-hmm. that. Went and changed it because of that whole situation. But think about this. Think about how many people have committed suicide because of what someone said to them. Right. And as Christians, like if you're a Christian, you already know. Death and life lies in the tongue. True. Because words can cut deeper than a blade can ever cut you. Words do hurt. They they do hurt. And they leave wounds that are 
longer than if you were to be physically cut. True. They take a lot. Emotional wounds take a lot more to heal Mm -hmm. than a physical wound that your body can actually heal. That's true. And because I don't think it seeps into your mind. It seeps into your it. It seeps into your entire being, your spirit. Yeah, it seeps in. It, I mean, and it just stays there, and it grows and, it, and festers. it festers until it is dealt with. And sometimes you can get to a point where you can manage it. Right. Right. Um. There are times when, you know, someone can build up so much resistance to where it's like it's not even there. Mm-hmm. But then there are times when it is right there under the surface. And, and, when, you cut, and when you cut, it comes gushing out. Exactly. And people may not say it's healed, but healing is not always about getting over something completely. True. Healing is being able to cope with something, to be able to not respond the same way you have been responding in the past. That is a form of healing. Healing does not mean that you forget. You forgive, but you don't forget what happened to you. Mm -mm. You Because that shapes you and how you move and how you approach life. Right. Okay? You should never forget. That's how people want you. What people want you. They want you to forget about slavery. They want you to forget about racism. They want you to forget about all these other things that didn't go on. Get on. (laughs) Well, we ain't going to get sidetracked. We ain't going to get sidetracked. That's a whole different. That's another episode. We're going to have to come back together again to to, to do that one. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, because that's a whole thing that I I really think that we need to touch on. The way this country is going right now. I mean, I, I, I don't even think that people really see. You know, they're taking out books. I mean, it's all it's already been kind of crafted in a way where it's been whitewashed. And now yeah. folks have, you know, fought against that. And they're saying that, you know, I've done research. I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put this in a book. I'm going to put this in a documentary. And I'm going to put this in libraries. And what's happening? They're taking them out of the out they, of the library. Taking it, let's, let's get rid of all the history of this country because, because it makes me feel, feel bad. bad. It, was, it makes <laughs> us feel bad. Right, your feelings My are not invalid. Crying, but because of they were talking about slavery. Please, your daughter needs to know about these things. This I, is American but, history. But can I get my money back for for the the work that my ancestors did? Can I exactly? Get back can, are you gonna compensate? My me? feelings hurt. Right, my feelings hurt too. It's like you gonna compensate us? Right. Where the reparations at? Nah. Okay, we yeah, we ain't gonna get sidetracked. Yeah, go, go ahead with your next question. Go ahead with okay. that next question. So, um, do you think that because of our hosts, the hosts of the Oscars, you know, Wanda Sykes was one of the hosts. It was, you know, Will Packer was at the helm of this, right? Of this, of this event. And this happens. Do you think that it was an embarrassment to black people? Yes. Or is, or is it that deep? Yes and no. Um, yes, because, uh, for some people, Will's actions validated how they felt about black people and what they thought or believed that black people were. The angry, the angry black man. Yes. Mm -hmm. And for other people who have a more whole round, a whole view of uh, black people, they understand that black people aren't monolithic. And his actions are his actions alone. I think that the idea that 
one black person's decisions or actions are a reflection of all black people is unique to black people. But I think as black Americans, we need to make sure we aren't perpetuating that idea mm-hmm. because it is a false idea that makes it very hard for us to make progress. We are all connected, but the reality is we all aren't the same. Just like every white person is not the same. Every Asian is not the same. Every Latina is not the same. Every Mexican is not the same. And so on and so on. So why is it that we have to be? <laughs> I think it's because why? our unique position in this in this country. I think about our I think our history makes us have a very unique and uh one of a kind experience that from since we were brought over on slave ship slave ships we have been grouped together as how we are going to how we are going to be if that makes sense because it does make sense. think about how slavery came about it became it came about because of separations it became about uh came about by uh, calling out people's differences and um, doing that is kind of what got you to slavery. And then when you got through slavery and we got to the Jim Crow era and all that jazz, then you see that they've always said, we're going to treat you all the same so that we can continue to oppress you all. Mm-hmm. So that we can all, we can make sure that, if we could say this one thing about all of you, we don't have to give you all rights. We don't have to treat you like humans. We don't have to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So if we sit here and say Will's actions represent every black person, that's like saying all black people are criminals. Right. It's not true. We're human beings. And I think people are will fail to see that when they look at black Americans. We're human beings. We are very different from one another. We share some similarities, but we're very different from one another. Sure. I mean, we. I mean, we were on our ancestors were on slave ships, and they came from different tribes. Exactly. You know. But to white people, they think that all tribes are the same. Hmm. It's the same thing what they did with Native Americans. All these Native Americans are uncivilized animals. Like, it's a, it's a, it's a game and a ploy to remain in power. So no, I don't think his reflect his actions embarrass us all. I think it embarrassed him and invalidated some things for some people. But I think at the same time, it I'm not going to accept that as an, a collective um, representation of us. Yeah. So, how do you think it has altered the way black men are looked at in TV and film? Um, honestly. When we think about what we already have out there, I don't think it it really done it did anything uh, to tarnish that. You don't think so? Not completely, no. Because most of Hollywood already thinks black men are violent or thugs or whatever. Anyways, think about the majority of the shows we have. Yeah, let's get into it. We don't have a lot of you know positive shows. We got a lot of shows that are violent, abusive, or toxic on some level. Mm-hmm. Is what we have for black people in general. Um, our culture is trying to do better by getting more representations of, of black life, of how different we all are, our black experiences are, mm-hmm. experiences are. But I don't think it's shifted in one way or another. I really don't. Because you're still going to have those people who love shows like, um, and there's nothing against these shows, like Black, Ma- black Mafia Family, Power, Snowfall, uh, The Drug 
shows the shows that are gonna and glorify the drug the drug life the thug life the the gangsters and all the criminal stuff and then you're gonna have the shows that are like blackish or something or you're gonna have like your queen sugars mm-hmm. they're gonna give you a different experience but there's still some level of struggle with the nose why do you think that there is such a there are so many shows like there are the t- today which represents you know our culture and like the uh the drug wave or you know we are depicted as criminals and you know um in that type of light instead of it's like you you're tr- you are trying to put us in a or you have in many cases put us in a bucket right stereotyped us yes you've stereotyped us when we are not as you stated we are not a monolith you know we we are i think every ethnicity has that particular element I, in fact i really it isn't even black people who are making the most money as it relates to drugs it isn't. So why is it that we're always the face of that? I think it's easier for other cultures and um, ethnicities to digest black people in that way. Um, but I also think that in some ways, it I don't know the statistics, so I can't say for sure, but it may be how a lot of us grow up. You have to think about the average black American's uh, circumstances in this country mm-hmm. you and I may not have had that experience but if I look at my own family how many of them grew up struggling or in poverty yeah how many of us had no uh, have a family member who was a drug dealer it may not have been like cocaine or heroin or nothing like that but they may be dealing weed or something yeah um you have to or, re- or was a user or was a user or have a drug addict family member or who overcame drug out out a drug abuse or alcoholism or abuse in general who were violent. Yeah. It is ingrained in our trauma from our history. Mm-hmm. Some people have, some people are able to break those generational curses and start new traditions and new norms in their lineage, but it's not the whole family. It's not the whole family tree. And so we all can relate to those type of shows some way, some of us can relate to those type of shows because it reminds us of our family or our own lives. We tend to like things, whether it's music or TV shows or films or hobbies, we tend to like those things based off of our own experiences and being able to connect to those things. It's funny. When I look at shows like that, like I like power, Mm -hmm. you know, I've never. I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I've never watched Power. I've tried it, didn't like it. Tried Black Mafia Family, tried it, never liked it. I've never seen Snowfall. It. Tried it, didn't like it. So, I watched. I'm going to get in, into Snowfall. Um, I liked Power. I watched all the seasons of Power. I like Power Book Two. I like um, Tommy, the spinoff with Tommy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Raising Canaan. You know, um, I liked Empire. I liked. I liked Empire. I ain't gonna you lie. know, I like. For the first two, for the first two seasons. 
for the first Empire got a little little questionable after a couple <laughs> seasons. I stuck with him though. I stuck with yeah, him until stuck the, with I, I stuck with him until I think the last season. I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, those are shows that I like. Um, and while it was for me, it was like watching Good Times. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up in the um, mid mid seventies. You know, I I was I was unaware of of those times and what those times consisted of. So for me, it was like, it taught me. It taught me about the culture of the 70s. So just like in watching those shows, I'm looking at it differently. I look at it as an actor. I look at it Mm -hmm. like, as a writer, I look at it like, you know, this is what this person does. And in my brain, in my, you know, human brain, this is not right, Mm -hmm. right? But then I'm looking at the story and I'm looking at the character and the way that these people, these writers have written this character and I see the layers in this person. I still see the humanity in this person, right? And I think that's what TV and film should do. Right. Whereas like in real, in life, in going through or experiencing, you know, the 80s and the 90s where the crack epidemic really hit the black, black community hard. I wasn't seeing it like that. Like I knew who the drug dealer was in, in in my town. I knew I knew who was affiliated with that. You know what I mean? And I didn't see them as human. I didn't. I saw them mm-hmm. as destroyers of a community. That is interesting. That is interesting. I I I look at it and I I still see the human in people, in their mistakes and their faults and their uh, just ugliness mm-hmm. I think those imperfections and those issues are a part of the human experience and that may be why black people have so many stories like that because we do have a lot of ugliness mm-hmm. that we navigate in a day to day even struggle yeah. yeah even if you are wealthy and you live in um the uh, the county or like you know the outskirts you don't live in the city you live in a wealthy area or you have a nice house a nice car a nice job you still have some level of struggle because that's the human experience and it's coupled with you know the black part being you know the racism you you experience the discrimination all that but here here's an interesting thing that I just thought about like okay when we when we talk about the drug issue and how it's depicted on TV right mm-hmm it looks very, very ugly for for black people, for for black characters. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't look that way for white characters. Like if they sniff some coke, it still looks like you're partying. Because like, that's you know, the it, image. It's, it's just me having fun, and you know, I'm just going to get high. You know, it's like there's a disparity even in that. It's it's called uh, basically trying to shape the narrative. Hmm. You gotta realize right. you gotta realize still who is the head honchos a lot in the industry that controls marketing, that tro- controls your uh, TV shows, your film productions. It ain't people that look like us. So you're gonna be very careful of the narrative that you craft. You'll give them a little jady characters, you know, a little shady stuff like you know the mafia and like some cro- uh, crooked cops and stuff like that. But it ain't gonna be as nearly as gritty as the black experience. Mm. It just isn't. 
And it's going to take more than Will slapping somebody to, to change that. Like, you know, that's just like, oh, that's just them being them. I'm wondering, like, if it's going to, you know, really affect opportunity. I don't think it's going to affect opportunities for all black people because, let's be real, black people make a lot of money for the film and TV industry. I think it's going to affect his bag. Mm. I think um, people are going to pull back just a little bit from him, like the big big productions, but he's still going to be able to still work to a certain extent because there are some people who just aren't going to separate from him. Because a lot of people understand, I think, that he made a mistake. Yeah. Some people don't get that. He, that made, he, made, a, yeah. he made a mistake. It was a human mistake. Um, is it an appallable, a, a like, harsh, like, bad mistake that you don't want to see somebody make? Yeah, it's kind of like the, the top one of the top few that you don't want to see nobody do. But is it unforgivable? No. Right. All right. It's forgivable. Yeah. It's forgivable. Yeah. You know? Because I was going to ask you, you know, do you think that there was something more under that? Like, and I think we kind of touched on that, you know, just yeah. with, you know, his beginnings and the things that he saw and, you know, just being in that moment. And sometimes you could just be in a moment. Yeah. You know? I think there was more to it, though. I think because you look at how long it took him to go up there and do it. It wasn't an immediate flippant reaction it was a laugh laugh it was like he said the joke jada heard it it landed on her she reacted and then he's chris said something and he's like oh i know that was it was a good joke no okay blah blah blah. and in that time then will is getting up and he walks up there and then he slaps him yeah because he's about to go into something else and then he says "Uh uh-oh yeah so it was a it was a moment where he just he at first i thought it was scripted I was like, yeah, it sounded like a, a scripted punch or something. But. Yeah, and then I kept looking and I kept looking. I said, "Wait a minute, that was real. That was real. That was real." And it was, was cringy like, to watch, but yeah. it was real. Yeah. But I think he, it, it took him a moment to kind of digest that, and he had to make a decision. Is and nobody knows what they would do in that situation. Yeah, if you, that's we true. don't know everything he's been through, we don't know what he's processing in that moment the hurt he's processing the helplessness he's processing we don't know it right you don't know what would you, what you would do if a loved one was just attacked and humiliated humiliated on national television i was asked that question you know what would i do and i said i don't know i you know i know right from wrong i know you know, not to put my hands on people, you know, is what I was taught, you know. Um, of course, I'm not one to start a fight. Exactly, but I'll finish that bitch. I will finish, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't try me like that. But I'm like, if it were someone, like, I can't say that I would not have done that. I would have hoped to have done enough work to not resort to that or to be able to address that in a space where there aren't billions of people who are watching, you know, but I cannot put my mouth on it and say, oh, yeah, you know, I would have never have done that, you know? I think I think what I would have did, I probably would have still stormed the stage and I would have went up there and I would have corrected Chris' ass right there on the spot. 
Now I would have I would have corrected his ass probably in public because if you gonna sit there and have the audacity to do something so disrespectful in a public manner, I'm gonna come up there. I'm not gonna hit you, but I am gonna correct you. I'm gonna correct you because it's gonna have the same effect, and people may not agree with it. They may you know it'd be similar to the Kanye West and Taylor Swift situation, but people will get over it. But it'll let people know like there are there's a boundary, there's a line you've crossed this line. Don't cross it again. I let you slide, especially in this situation. He let him slide in 2016. He wasn't there. And then you tried it again right there in his face. Like, what makes you keep picking jabbing. on, jabbing yeah. at a certain in, certain individuals? Yeah. Why, why keep perpetuating that? Like, what is your issue? What is your issue with them? That's yeah. what makes me think about it. Like, you have to look at it from all sides. What possessed Chris to make that joke? And think that it was acceptable or funny to make, knowing that Jada, she's been very public about her journey with alopecia. Right. Very public. And how she's felt about it and how, how she's been dealing with it. That is a sensitive subject for her. Why would you make a joke about it? Right. It was insensitive. Very. And there has to be lines to comedy. There has to be. You can't just say whatever. But who determines the lines? I think people have to speak up more and, 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 and help establish that because black comedy can be very raunchy. It can be very over the top. We feel... Is it, do you think it's just black comedy? I don't watch too many white comedies and I can't really tell you. <laughs> That's an honest... That's an honest answer. That's an honest answer. I'm sorry, I ain't had nothing else for you on that. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't sugarcoat that. That was just I I, I can't. <laughs> um Yeah, me either. Okay. Right, right. You don't watch enough. And white why do you think that is? <laughs> um probably because comedy is a very personalized experience. It's it's But there is what there is a white comedian. He was on Comic View. What's that man's name? Uh, goodness gracious. I cannot think of that man's name right now, but he was a comedian. We know when Comic View was on BET. Oh, is it the one who's, he has a black wife? Yes. Red hair? He kind of, blondish, reddish, something like oh, that. Oh, what is his name? I know who you're talking about, though. Yeah. Now, nah, he's funny. He's, I, he's I, funny. I, I watch him. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, he's about. Yeah, but he got more soul to him too. You gotta, you gotta recognize what you relate to in comedy. I realize that I don't like a lot of slapstick, stupid comedy. Mm-hmm. Like growing up, I probably could tolerate like your um, Jim Carrey's and Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. But I like Jim Carrey and and Living Color. I did. I, I liked them in some stuff, you know. You know, I liked. Um, um, I like Adam what, Sandler sometimes, but if yeah. you ask me if I like Will Ferrell, I don't get his comedy. I don't like it. Yeah. You know, there are certain. People that you just don't connect with, you don't find the humor in it. And I think we just look for what we can relate to. I can see. What we understand. Like, jokes have to make sense to people on a level to make them laugh. To find, they have to find the humor in it. They have to understand it. You know, it has to be sophisticated in a way that it's just like, oh, yeah, you poking fun at X, Y, and Z, I get it. (laughs) It's not easy. It's not easy. Right. (laughs) Oh, we just uncovered something. I I just realized that I don't really check for 
It's okay. Yeah. I don't I don't check for a lot of um even though we're actors. I don't even, check for a lot of And I and I, I don't think that it's a I think you hit on I think you kind of addressed it on a deeper level. It's not about race and it's not a it's not about that. It's about you know, your experiences and the connectivity. Exactly. You you would like somebody like I don't find Black people usually are discriminated against black or white. We do for some stuff because we we just want to be pro-black and support our own. But I feel like when it comes to comedy, you're finding something that you can relate to. Because if you don't get it, if you don't understand it, and you got to do too much thinking to get the the punchline, you're just like, this ain't funny. Or this is too much. Like, you know, you just have your taste of what, what you like and what you don't. It's about taste. Right. Personal taste. Okay. What you got next? So, you know, we talked about. It's like, do I hear a fly? A fly? Yeah, I hear like a. I don't know. No, I hear like a like equipment kind of a little bit. I don't know. Okay. Um, so, Will Smith, um, he apologized recently yep and just like his umpteen apology don't you yeah he's been yeah he has been apologizing and you know he i know he worked with chris rock's brother tony rock you know in um it was the sitcom it was the uh the sitcom with Dwayne martin i think it's called all of us all of us was okay. the name of it and Tony Rock played a supporting character on there. Um, but, you know, it was, it was produced, I think it was produced by um, Will and Jada. Um, so he apologized. And, you know, there were some people who, you know, there were some questions that he that he had to answer. Um, yeah, I saw it. Yeah. And we spoke about, like, is it affecting his bag? I think a good thing to, you know, really talk about is the fact that, you know, I think about Bel Air, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, that, you know, Bel Air has become this new thing, this new entity. It's a drama. And it was, it is, do- I'm not going to say was, it is doggone good. It's real good. Real and good. And that Jeffrey is fine. Just had to say that. <laughs> He's fine. Ah. Uh, <laughs> Asa shooting a shot. All right, Asa. Um, I might need his son or somebody if he got a son or something younger. <laughs> you know, he's still fine for for a, a zaddy. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess I think about will they, do you think that they will be negatively affected by this? Will, do you think, you know, they're going to pull Bel Air? No, you know, and they, I hope that they don't because they I love, 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 love the show. They won't. They know? already got to renew for a season two. They won't. Oh, where when did that come out? I don't know, but I saw it recently on social media. I, okay. I saw they they were getting a season two. It ain't. It's not going to affect them because they may just say, you know what, we we don't want you involved in this. Bye. You know, what I'm saying you can't be EP. You know, they may have him step back, yeah. but they gonna still get their bag from that show. They just gonna take his bag for the show. Because that was a, that that's a. 
that's an awesome, awesome show. It is. So there, I don't acting think, is good. Acting, the casting, all of it. I think the story. Do, I need them to do a little bit better with the decor that's in the kitchen. The the kitchen is a little weird, anyways. But we're not gonna talk about that. We're not gonna talk about how their kitchen is like a little dated compared to the rest of the house. But right. <laughs> but we're not gonna go there. Let's not get distracted about the wrong thing, story. <laughs> Y'all see how our conversations go? <laughs> it's like focus, right? But no, he and then um, he's still gonna do the next bad boy movie. Martin Lawrence is not backing away from being his friend. Kevin Hart's not really backing away from being his friend either. Well, why did Kevin go on the on the stage with the goat? Because Kevin Hart is a fool. <laughs> Kevin Hart is friends with both of them. He's gonna find a comedy in both in, in the situation. But he has already said that he's he's still supporting Will. He's still friends with Will. He's still friends with Chris because you know he did the show, the interview with Chris. But that was done before the slap. Yeah. But I don't think Kevin Hart is going to pick sides in this situation. He Kevin is about his bag. He about his bag. He about his money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he ain't gonna he ain't gonna pick sides. And I think um, maybe some of the. Uh, Studio hands will pull back from him on some major projects that he may have had down the line. But the reality is if they're going to make another Bad Boys movie, Martin Lawrence is going to do it with him. That's going to be another blockbuster hit. He's going to see some backlash for a while, but I think he'll bounce back. It'll be similar to Johnny Depp in a lot of ways with the whole Amber situation. Mm. He's going to lose some stuff, but then eventually he'll he'll have to just work his way back to it. People, I think people have a short memory in Hollywood because i think they have a short memory for some people because no, i think they got short memory because kevin hart recovered fine from his uh, little debacle he sure did he had a couple of them little uh, mess ups he sure did so he, he'll be fine it was somebody else uh, i think columbus short had an issue and then i seen him back acting now on something recently you're right they they got a short memory if you ain't been convicted they got a short ass memory like give it about two years you're going to be like, damn, Will Smith back at making movies. He got this out. People are going to still bring it up and to make jabs at him because there are always going to be those people who won't let you let it go. Let it go, right. People will ne- some people can never accept that you make a mistake and that you can grow from mistakes. Some people think you can never change. Yeah, there are certain things that you'll never be able to change about your character, but I think putting your hands on somebody, you can learn from it, you can grow from it if you do the work. There is a such thing as growth. Yes, there's a such thing as growth. Yeah. So he just going to ride that wave where he on the shit list for a while and then just hop back on when he good. Okay. Well, Asa, it's been wonderful talking to you about this subject. I know that there have been many people who have been going in and out, you know, of, of, you know, talking about it and have been flip flopping and had all kinds of things, kinds of things to say, you know, about it. But, you know, it's, Great to talk about it, about this situation, but not only about this situation in a silo, but about how it affects the bigger audience, you know, how it affects us as actors, as people, you know, as human beings. Exactly. Because it's a ripple effect. And it's something to learn from. Something to learn from. Yeah. And that's what life is about lessons, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, Asa, before we close out, let the loud talkers know where they can find you on social media and what you have going on with the August Light. So give us all the information, all right? Okay. So if you want to follow my business page, 
for the August Light Podcast and Candle Company. It is the August underscore light. That's T-H-E-A-U-G-U-S-T underscore L-I-G-H-T. The August underscore light. If you want to follow my personal page, it is I am Asa underscore A. I'm going to spell it for y'all. He going to tag it for y'all on the notes. Yeah. But it's I-A-M-A-S-A underscore the letter A. Okay. And I'll be back with my show. Um, Actually, the Friday before Doriel's, which is going to be September 9th. Because yeah. you come back the 11th. I'm the 11th. Yeah. So September 9th, you can catch me um, on all major platforms, Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon, all those joints. And I come, um, I produce a show every week. So you get a new show every Friday for about 14 weeks is what I do. I do take a couple breaks, but I already have three seasons up of the August light. So I'll be going into season four. I'll be having some amazing guests talking about a lot of stuff. I talk about my life as an actress and an entrepreneur, and I give a lot of inspirational information, a lot of business information. And I just really talk about um, as I'm growing, what I'm going through and trying to help other people navigate life in general. Because it's funny, you know, we, we see so many bad examples, right? <laughs> we do, we do. We but, bad but bad examples, examples are good, everywhere. though. No, but I'm saying... They help but, you see but, what not to do. But for those who are smart... You right, you right. But some folks <laughs> just fall into it. Like, they just fall into it. like Some people don't have the know-how or the whereabouts to kind of navigate the bad. But you know. So it's good to be able to, you know, take the mantle to try to put some positivity in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and to try to steer people the right way. And I love doing that. I love helping people. I love inspiring people. If I can, if I go through something and I can help you get through it and, and you're going to go through the same thing and I can guide you or give you a little, you know, tidbit about how to approach it, I love it. I'm happy to do it. All right. All right, Loud Talkers. Give it up for Asa Starling. Yay! Excited. Yes, we're going to have to do this again, though. Yes, we will. We will. We definitely will. If it ain't my show, it'll be your show again. That's right. So I think we're going to be like brother, sister show. We are. We are. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm waiting on. I mean, we done wrapped now. Yeah. But I'm waiting on when the movie going to come. Oh, it's coming. It's that's coming. when that's already know that's gonna be the next time I definitely have to have you on the show. Yeah. Because I need I need people to know about the project. We are almost there. Okay. We are okay. almost there. Okay, okay. Yes. Okay. So I don't want to give too much. You ain't you got know, so I'm because just, the thing is, you know, you got you gotta you know, you gotta protect your You, you know, do, you, you gotta, gotta protect, protect your baby. Stuff. You gotta like, protect your stuff because you know everybody ain't rooting for you. I know. You know what I mean? So, yes, but, yes, we're almost there. And, um, I'm excited. Yeah, we're going to be back. We're gonna I'm be excited. Back. With, I wanna with the fullness thereof, we're going to be back. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Loud Talkers, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Say It Louder, the podcast. This podcast is located on many platforms for your listening pleasure. Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Podbean, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible, for your listening pleasure. Be sure to listen to the other episodes and the previous season if you have not done so. And please subscribe and share with friends and loved ones. (laughs) Share it with people you don't like so they can get better too. How about that? Because we all trying to get better. Don't forget to share some of your ideas with me by sending an email to Crescent Media Productions LLC at gmail.com. 
Until next time, especially in these times of COVID-19, Lord have mercy, and monkeypox, be safe out there. Mask up. Wash your hands. Wash your hands, everybody. And stop coughing every doggone well. Cover your mouth. I mean, come on now. We all got to live in this earth. Don't be living this. You know, we, we know Jesus is everywhere, but germs is everywhere too. Come on. Do your part to kind of diminish that number. All right? So just do your best to take care of one another. Be good to one another. And if you can't be good to someone else, you being silent and out of the way is good enough. Y'all have a good one. Talk to y'all soon.